chapter thirty of pixie o'shaughnessy by mrs george de horn vesey this librivox recording is in the public domain the prize is won when the breaking-up gathering was held pixie was proud indeed for if other girls had fathers and mothers present she had two sisters and jack and geoffrey hilliard into the bargain and there was no doubt that they were the handsomest and most attractive of all the guests there was only one drawback to her happiness and that was that there was no chance of being called forward to receive a prize and so cover herself with glory she devoutly hoped that the class lists might not be read aloud to betray how very very near the bottom she was to be found and heaved a deep sigh of relief when little beatrice ferrers marched up to receive her certificate and so end the list of honours but it appeared that it was not quite finished for miss phipps rose to her feet and began to speak amid a general murmur of excitement we now come to perhaps the most interesting item on our programme the bestowal of a prize by the girls themselves instead of by the teachers for the benefit of those who have not been present at one of these gatherings before i must briefly explain that this prize consists of five pounds to be expended in books and is the gift of the father of one of the pupils its object is to encourage among the girls a spirit of kindliness and consideration a readiness to hold out a helping hand to assist another to overcome a weakness and in short to befriend in the best sense of the word the prize is given once a year at the end of the summer term and as i have said is awarded by the vote of the girls themselves as they have the best opportunity of judging it is only right that the decision should come from them and it is pleasant to know that this year at least there is absolute unanimity among them i have gone over your voting papers girls and have the pleasure in telling you that with the natural exception of the winner herself the same name was given by all there is one girl who whatever may be her faults and shortcomings has never failed to show the most generous and unselfish friendship one girl who has put her own interests aside and been content to suffer for the sake of others one girl who has ever been on the watch to do a kindly act or speak a loving word a girl whom everyone loves who counts every member of the household among her admirers and that girl's name is she paused and looked smilingly at her pupils and on the instant came the loud answering cry the girls waved their hands in the air they drummed on the ground with their feet pixie they cried pixie o'shaughnessy and pixie once again bravo pixie three cheers for pixie until they were hoarse with shouting and miss phipps held up her hand for silence it was really a most exciting scene 
every eye was riveted on pixie herself who had applauded as violently as her companions when miss phipps first asked her question and whose shrill cry of margaret margaret had been frozen on her lips by the sound of her own name there she sat with her mouth agape too much overcome by surprise to have any thought for appearances and there sat bridgie looking on and crying copiously with happiness and esmeralda blinking the tears away and laughing furtively at jack who was grunting to himself silly fuss silly fuss and putting on a great appearance of boredom to distract attention from the tears on his eyelashes there sat mr and mrs vane too beaming with pleasure that their prize should have gone to pixie of all people and lottie rubbing her hands and growing hysterical in delight then pixie was marched up to the desk to be presented with the envelope containing the crisp new note and when she had taken it she must needs turn round and face the audience instead of scuttling back to her seat in abashed self-conscious fashion like other girls and even address a word of acknowledgment for the applause bestowed upon her i'm very much obliged to you she said in the broadest of irish accents and all the fathers and mothers lay back in their chairs and laughed until they were tired and clapped so enthusiastically that it was a marvel that their beautiful light kid gloves did not split in halves in the drawing-room afterwards pixie was quite the heroine of the occasion and was greeted on all sides and warmly congratulated on her success mr and mrs vane asked especially to be introduced to bridgie and her party and eventually sat down on the same corner to partake of tea pixie could not hear all that they said but they looked at her as they spoke and their faces were very kindly so that she was pleasantly conscious of being the subject of conversation then mrs vane began to speak of the contemplated removal to town and made many kind offers of help and hospitality while her husband put in a word about the dear old castle your sister showed me some photographs when she was with us and i was much impressed by them it is a fine old place and i can understand your attachment to it you are fortunate to have secured such a good tenant curiously enough i was mentioning your name to my lawyer who was dining with me the other night and he told me he had negotiated the lease for your new tenant the young fellow is able to pay for his hobbies and is evidently keen on putting the place in repair it is not every day that a millionaire comes to the rescue just when he is wanted but this mr hilliard certainly seems the right man in the right place wonderful what glue can accomplish isn't it miss o'shaughnessy it makes one almost wish to be in trade oneself jack was wont to say in later years that he had never admired bridgie more than at this moment of surprise and shock she turned white it was true but her voice was as calm as usual and the manner in which she replied so full of quiet dignity that neither then nor at any other time had mr vane the slightest idea of the sensation which he had created as for esmeralda 
she did not know the meaning of control what she felt she was obliged to show and that forthwith so within two minutes of mr vane's disclosure she became suddenly overcome with heat and demanded geoffrey's escort to the ball without there they stood and faced each other he all downcast and abashed as who should say please forgive me for not being poor she flashing with indignation which said as plainly how dare you be a millionaire there was silence for a minute and then she asked imperiously is this true and he made a gesture of impatience i wish that chattering old fellow was at the bottom of the sea yes it's true darling i'm your tenant i have more money than i know what to do with and we are going to live at knock half the year you and i and amuse ourselves by putting it in repair and have bridgie and the rest over to stay with us whenever you like don't be angry with me please i meant it all so well esmeralda drew a quick breath and pressed her hands tightly together oh dear old home dear old castle was it possible that it need not be left after all need never pass into the hands of strangers was it really really possible that she herself was to reign as lady bountiful and see order replace disorder beauty restored where ruin had walked barefaced it was an effort to preserve an appearance of severity but she would not give in so soon so held her head erect and demanded haughtily why was this kept from me why was i never told jack knew said hilliard humbly your father knew i told him before his death but esmeralda darling i have been run after for money all my life and it was so sweet to me to think that you believed me poor and would still marry me for my own sake that i could not bear to put an end to the delusion then i thought i would wait until we were married and give you the lease of the castle as a wedding present i meant it to be such a happy surprise that grey man has spoiled it all what a comfort it would be if people would mind their own business do you remember pitying me for being dependent on glue and taking for granted that i must be poor how i did enjoy that walk and our talk together but you see darling it is a more valuable commodity than you thought my old uncle made a fortune by it and i make a fresh fortune every year you said once that you would like to be rich but i haven't found it altogether a bed of roses i need your help as much as if i were a poor man and we will try together to use our money so as to make other people happier and better first of all come your own brothers i can help them on and bridgie and pixie will be like my own sisters you are pleased esmeralda i can see it in your face you are not angry with me any more what are you thinking of darling with that far-away gaze i am thinking of father said esmeralda softly how happy he would be there will still be an o'shaughnessy at dear knock castle end of chapter thirty recording by judy mason End of Pixie O'Shaughnessy by Mrs. George D. Horn Vasey